Yo, what's up, everybody? My name is Alex Chase, and welcome to the first ever Real Talk with Shoot and Chop, a podcast about nothing and everything. And with me, as always, is my big brother, Chip. Hey, what's up, guys? I uh, want to give a shout out to Kane is the name for that intro song. You'll be hearing plenty of more of that as the podcast continues. Yeah, shout out to Kane. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, so before we really get into the show, our first ever show, kind of want to give you all a rundown as to what you can expect from us and why you're going to want to come back every week and listen to Real Talk with Shoot and Shot. So, um, you know, overall, just kind of want to give you guys a heads up. This is going to be a podcast that's mostly in centered around Washington, D.C. sports, obviously, shout out, um, and from there, we'll branch off into a lot of variety of other topics, but at its foremost, we'll definitely be a show about the DMV and all of our professional sports teams, but uh, have a lot of interests, we'll top, touch on those, video games, TV, things of that nature, but um, I'm going to kind of let Chip give you his insight as to what you should expect. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're not just a couple of homers who, who are just going to talk to you about the Redskins. Uh, we both aren't living in the DMV yet. We grew up there. Uh, I'm living in Austin. Alex is there in Alabama. Um, World Tide. So, you know, we're, we're, we're coming at it from the perspective of a couple of fans who don't live in the area, aren't surrounded by the media, but yet we still follow these teams religiously. So we, we will be able to give you a little bit more of a, of a different insight. Plus, we're hilarious. Let's just be real, right, Chuck? Yeah, I mean, exactly. so you're definitely going to want to tune in uh, just to, to see what we're going to be talking about on these various topics. Uh, but, yeah, it should be a good time. Yeah, to kind of explain more what he's saying, you know, being out of market, we don't get that daily. Every time you turn on a radio, it's Redskins, it's Nationals, you know. So for us, we really have to go out and, you know, find that information. So because of that, just to be able to stay up with what's going on back home, we do a lot of research, a lot of reading, uh, multiple outlets, you know. So we're not going to be swayed by anyone's topic, you know, just know that. We definitely have our own opinions, but... I uh, definitely have to also give shout outs to the, the local writers back home who do help out of market people like ourselves um, stay up to date. The content is daily, so it allows us to read everything and you're going to hear our side of things. So um, hopefully it's something that you all are going to enjoy. I think it's interesting, obviously. Uh, anyone that knows myself or my brother, we will talk your face off if you let us. So um, sit back, relax, and enjoy your daily dose of knowledge from Shoot and Chuck. Um, so right there, Chip. What do you say we go ahead and just jump right into it with the Redskins? Man. Oh, definitely, man. Let's let's uh, you know. Obviously, they're uh, they're the number one priority going on right now. So let's let's start there. For sure. So anyone who knows anything about the Washington Redskins franchise and what it's like to be a fan of this organization knows that it is not for the fair of heart. It is not for anyone that is uh, going to waver easily. It's going to be a grind constantly, and it's always going to feel like we can uh, – this year is our year, so to speak. But I've said it before. I'll say it again because I am a Redskins fan. I do think this is a different team this year, and um, it's not for the typical reasons. It's not because of really big free agent signings. It's not because of uh, – anything that we're doing out of the norm, it's because we have a defense finally for the first time in what feels like forever. Yeah, no, I, I agree uh, totally. I mean, you know, you and I know that after that first game versus the Eagles, uh, I was ready to just call it quits already. Um, you know. Yeah, I was I was not feeling good. No. I was feeling pretty terrible. Our, you know, our friend Pete tried to keep us, uh, tried to keep us hyped yeah. into it, but 
True. I was down. Shout out to Pete for I that. I was down in the dumps uh, for real, but yeah. we came back those those last three games, and I'm telling you, particularly the last two, we looked like a yeah, team I had never obviously. seen the Redskins be ever. So uh, true. It is exciting. I hope you know the bye week couldn't have come at a better time, to be honest. Uh, true. But I hope that we could come out of this bye week and uh, continue this. I mean, at least defensively, you know. Yeah. Swearinger has that that defense going ham right now, so I hope. I hope that they come back from the bye. We get, we get, you know, whoever's banged up, we get a few back. We still have yeah. some time, but man, they're, they're, the things are looking up right now. So, uh, you know, speaking of Swearinger in that regard, I, I want to make sure that um, I, you know, clarify what I was saying by, you know, not doing the typical Redskins thing, going out and signing free agents and stuff like that to make the team better, because we definitely did do that in some regard for sure. Mm-hmm. DJ Swearinger is without a doubt. Absolute game changer on that defense. I mean, not many guys come in, you know, um, first year on the team and are voted captain. Um, you know, the other things that are impressive to me is the fact that this guy's bounced around the league. He's been on four different teams already. And he's only like 26, which is insane. And so when he was coming in here, everyone was kind of like, oh, typical thing. He's just going to go to a new team. But he came in here. He was like, I want to be here. I want this to be my home. He's mm-hmm. a local kid. And has stepped up and been a leader and just lays the wood, man. And the fact that he wears number 36, I get goosebumps legit just thinking about it. Um, haven't really seen a thumper back there like that since our boy Sean Taylor, you know, passed away and left us. And so with him being back there, Monte Nicholson, you know, a young guy out of Michigan, uh, Michigan State um, who had a big win last night. Shout out to Kirk Cousins and all the Michigan State boys beating Michigan last night in the big house. But um, – you know, Monte Nicholson, this guy's young too, and he was an engineering major at Michigan State. So he's incredibly smart, understands the game. He's going to get better every week. And then you got a guy like DJ Swearinger back there who is not only embracing the role as leading him through this process, but is just balling out himself. So I think that that right there, that's always been our biggest struggle since we lost Sean Taylor is you know, shoring up that back end. Obviously got Josh Norman. That side's on lock no matter what happens. And Breland's developing into a good corner and all that. So, you know, the fact that you can sit here and even talk about our secondary in a positive light is unbelievable. No, I agree. I mean, it's something we've been waiting for for a long time. Um, long time. You know, but the di- I think one of the key differences between, like, a, si- a signing uh, like Swearinger and some of the p- previous free agent signings is, yeah. you know, we were just going after names in, in years past. Uh, we were, yeah, and Albert we were Hainsworth, those guys like that. we were throwing way too much money at these guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was a responsible signing, and it was a quiet signing. It was didn't get a lot of, you know, hype or, or uh, you know, a lot of, you know, over overplay in the press. But, man, he, he has brought a, a totally different attitude to this defense, and, and it's something great to see. Yeah, and then obviously what we did in the draft was nice. Uh, got my hat on for that exact reason. Uh, Jonathan Allen. Definitely amazing making an impact you know the one thing that i love about a guy like jonathan allen is he's playing a position that's not you know you're not going to see a lot of highlights of what he's doing on a day in day out basis and then but the presence the pass rush he brings up the middle i mean he was held so bad last week it was unbelievable that we can get on that here in a minute about losing to the um chiefs that way because he's being held so bad but Overall, what he's brought to this defense is amazing. Uh, Ryan Anderson, he sets the edge so perfectly. Again, not a real flashy type guy, just going to be out there grinding. And Nick Saban, you know, he's been running these guys in a professional program for the last four years anyway. So uh, I think 
the things that we always been doing, Ryan Kerrigan is going to be there consistently for you no matter what. And then you still see Junior Gallette out there making a comeback. Who big shout out to him, man! You got so much respect for this guy. He has had two devastating injuries and has just been constantly preaching on social media that just you know, trust me, I'm I'm here for real and I want to show you what I can do. And while he hasn't necessarily made uh, a sack on the stat sheet or anything like that. Anytime you watch him on the field, he is bringing mad pressure on that quarterback. And there's nothing more that I want for him is to just start racking up numbers. He was so close to that interception last week, man. I want him to catch it. Not so much just for our defense to obviously get a turnover, but you just love this guy so much. You just want to see him succeed. So um, I think there's just a lot of excitement on that side of the ball. And it's they're so young. That's what's incredible is that, you know, four of our starters are rookies or four of our main key players are rookies on that side. And then you got everyone. I think there's like 11 or 12 players under the age of 26. I know I saw John Kime on ESPN say something about it, but I can't remember the exact numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but it's something pretty close to that. Well, we're very youthful on that side, which is promising moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's a change. You know, it's definitely a change. We usually have a lot of uh, cagey veterans back there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you said, with, with Allen and, and Gillette, I mean, these are guys you have to account for and you have to spend time preparing for, even though they're not, you know, maybe showing up on the stat sheet, like you said. Yeah. But if you don't account for them, then they will start showing up on the stat sheet. So, uh, oh, no doubt. Th- this is, you know, again, a defense you have to actively get ready for. Um, and that's something that I don't think that, you know, we've had as much of in years past. No, for sure. So. I think pretty previously everyone was like they spent pretty much their whole week preparing for our offense, and that's really what they knew all they had to do was worry about is stopping the offense. Definitely. But now it's um, – right now we have a top 10 offense and top 10 defense. So, you know, and which is, a, a, again, amazing part of the organization. You know, they are finally doing things that – you would not expect us to be doing, and they hired Greg Minuski as our defensive coordinator. And I myself was like, why is Way Phillips not on our team? Yeah, but yeah. they made the organization – they made the effort to say, no, we're building in-house with continuity. And the one thing you can say about the Gruden family, not just uh, Jay, but John as well, they are a type of football family that builds from within. I mean, the whole reason Sean McVay is a head coach at 31 for the St. Louis Rams is because the Gruden brothers – gave him a chance when he was young. So, you know, he, by building that faith in our organization with our offensive defensive coordinator hires, going out and getting Thomas Sulu, who easily could have been a head coach because he was, (laughs) but not um, a a coordinator for sure, but for his willingness to come in and say, no, I'm going to coach your defensive line, your biggest weakness on your team historically, and I'm going to make him dominant in six months is insane. The The difference is obvious for sure. Oh, incredibly obvious. So you can't say enough good things about them. But then, you know, you got to, if you're going to talk about the Redskins, we have to talk about the offense. So as much as I love this new experience of hyping up our defense, we do got to mention the people who put the points on the board and are, uh, you know, a different look this year than what a lot of people expected. Honestly, I know uh, I was trying to say, oh, it's all good. You know, we'll we'll be okay at receiver, even though we lost 2,000 yard. receivers and that's just a Redskins fan being a Redskins fan and trying to be positive but we're still being successful not doing it the way we did last year yeah no I mean run game is definitely something that has they have focused on this year but I think part of that is because like you said we lost two of our best receivers last year 
And mm-hmm. when you lose a guy like Pierre Garçon and, and Deshaun Jackson, and then, you know, we picked up Terrell Pryor, which I thought he would be able to at least fill the role of Pierre Garçon and catch everything that's thrown to him. That just hasn't been mm-hmm. the case. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of drop passes, um, a lot of easy catches that he should make. Uh, so I think that because <clears throat> we don't have that consistency in the pass game, you got to turn to the run game. And Fat Rob has been killing it. Uh, Chris Thompson's been unbelievable coming out of the backfield yeah. and catching those passes. Uh, he's on my fantasy team, so that's very helpful. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, it is it is definitely a different look. But Kirk Cousins, you know, as much as he's had to deal with in the offseason, I think he's responded really well. He's throwing good yeah. balls. It's not his fault if they don't catch it. Um, and that showed it, that, that throw last week uh, in the end zone to Doxon. I mean, you, you can't put it in, in a better spot. I mean, obviously. No, you can't. You know, we wish you would have come down with it. And, and we can argue whether or not that was a catch. But five years ago, it was a catch. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that game after. But yeah, it's yeah, just sure. it's just definitely uh, it's a different look. And when you're running the ball, it's it, it's good for two reasons: you control the clock and you control the pace of the game. So I yeah. think that you know we keep doing this, it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and you know, like you said, can't throw the ball any better. You can talk about Kirk Cousins all day, whether it's because he's a good quarterback or because of the whole situation surrounding his offseason and contracts. There's a million things to talk about Kirk. And, you know, rightfully so. For a guy who was drafted fourth by a team who who traded up for another quarterback, you know, he's been discredited his whole life, you know, at that position. And he's kept his head down, did what he was supposed to do, and now he's making bank. So you can't be mad at a guy who's – you know, making money where he started. He was not your phototypical franchise quarterback process. So, um, but, you know, the other things on the offense that are impressive, like you're saying, the run game has been a major key, but I think it's more so for the time of possession and the controlling of the game than it is than, like, trying to score that way. Yeah. Um, just because our we do have a great committee, but we're just not really there yet where we're busting it for touchdowns and things without the element of Chris Thompson, obviously. That's, to me, more of a – you know, passer type uh, formations that they're using him in because he could do both and pass protect and stuff like that. So whereas running in the, you know, I formation or whatever, single back, we're just not quite there yet. So I think it's the time of possession. But, you know, Fat Rob's only been doing it for a year and a half. I mean, he barely even played at Tulane when he was there. So he's still really learning the position. So I think if we can keep him healthy, he can be our guy. And then you get P. Ryan in there to change the pace with some power. And then Chris Thompson is just going to, be a game breaker for you, you know, filling in that explosive play ability that we had from Deshaun Jackson. So I think that we need to stay committed, but the whole reason this whole thing is even working is our offensive line. And that can't be said enough. So definitely uh, coach, coach Callahan, you know, easily probably the best coaching acquisition we've had. Um, that's no one talks about really in because he's an offensive line coach and those are the unsung heroes of the team. And, the athleticism that they have across the board, all five positions, is incredible. The ability to pull, run in space, cut block 20 yards downfield. Brandon Sheriff is just an absolute animal. Uh, at the point of attack downfield in pass pro, it's unbelievable. So can't not talk about the success of this offense without mentioning No, that. you're exactly right. I mean, you know, both of us played offensive line. I, yeah. I coached offensive line. Uh and, and to see what they're doing, I mean, it is unbelievable. They're, they're, you know, they got the center pulling. They've got, you know, yeah. like you said, Brandon Sheriff cutting down, cutting guys down twenty yards downfield. Uh, even the guys running the ball were surprised by that type of action. So, yeah. um, 
it is a beauty, a, a beautiful thing to see. Uh, you know, and we've always been envious of, of teams like the Dallas Cowboys for their offensive line. And yeah. finally, we're in a position where other teams are looking at our offensive line and being like, wow, I wish we had something yep. like that. So, yeah, not even not even five years ago, that was other than the defensive line struggles we've always had. The offensive line was easily the biggest problem. After for sure. Getting sacks for all the time. For so, sure. yeah, no doubt. But, you know, um, got to just real quick give a plug for Trent Williams. You know, the dude's been doing it for so long and he is out in space and you know, blocking corners, just running people over. Unbelievable effort by that guy week in, week out. Can't say enough about a consistent captain on this offense. And, you know, while he makes the Pro Bowl and things like that, you know, just those guys don't get enough love in the press. So uh, being offensive linemen ourselves, we got to make sure that y'all know we love you and appreciate what you're doing for our offense. No, definitely. So, and, you know, shout out to Morgan Moses as well, man. Fork yeah, Union yeah alum, we played at Fork Union. You know? Yeah, Fuma, baby, man. Keep grinding. Grind now, shine later. Definitely. Um, for those who don't know, me and Chip both played at Fork Union Military Academy, easily the best postgraduate institution in the country. Legendary coach John Schumann is like the you know second father to both Chip and myself, and that man has been doing it for 30 years, putting players at all different levels, multiple Heisman Trophy winners. Oh, we definitely got to get him on the show. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. He's we'll get, we'll get old Coach Shu on the show sometime. So shout out to Fork Union, you know, everyone in the league doing it for us. Your brothers, you know, in arms are appreciating the press you're helping our school get. Sure. So now um, now that we kind of just talked about the team in general, I do want to talk about this year specifically as opposed, you know, the last game. Um, I felt like we got robbed big time um, against a team that many are declaring the best team of football, which I don't know if that's because they just happen to be undefeated or if people really think this is a serious team. Uh, I do know they have great weapons and, you know, this unbelievable rookie, you know, Hunt, and then they got Tyreek Hill. And, but still, I kind of feel like their biggest hype train right now is just because they haven't lost and you kind of have to make them the best team if they're the only undefeated team. Yeah, left. I think so too. I mean, watching that game, you know, granted, they have, they have a lot of injuries along the offensive line as well. So there yeah. is some situational stuff there, but I agree. I mean, this is supposed to be the best team in the league. And, you know, by all everybody else's accounts, the Redskins, one of the worst, not worst, but one of the lower level teams in the league, took them to the last minute of the game. And by all, yeah. by all uh, you know, reasoning, we should have won that game. We kind of gave it away with penalties and, yep. you know, small mistakes here and there. But if that's the best team in the league, then the league needs to do some reevaluating because. And, and that's where the pessimism of being a Redskins fan comes in. So I'm trying to sit here and I'm thinking, okay, are we really just that good? Or good point. Good point. Is Kansas City just that overhyped? So I don't know because we a lot of people saw the Raiders as a very realistic Super Bowl winning team. They could not do anything against the Redskins defense in primetime where we've always struggled. And then we go out on the road in Arrowhead, the loudest stadium in the entire NFL, against an undefeated team that all these people are hyping up. And we, you know, opening possession, go down the field and score. Great catch, great first touchdown for Terrell Pryor. You know, I couldn't have been happy for him to be able to do that on Monday Night Football because, you know, most people don't get to watch the Redskins every week like we do with the, the Sunday ticket and things like that. You know, so a lot of people have just been seeing highlights of Redskins games on TV and Sports Center, and no one's been able to see Terrell because he hasn't really done anything, you know, unless uh, in terms of big, splashy highlight plays. I mean, he's been making some catches and stuff like that, but um, it was cool that he got a breakout on Monday night like no, that. No, I think, I think the, the key there, though, is that both of those games were in prime time, which, as we all know, the Redskins are terrible in prime time. 
Like yeah. abysmal. Like we we games we should easily win in primetime, we just crap the bed and lose. So look at last year against the Carolina Panthers. The team has nothing to play for. We win that game, we go to the playoffs. Exactly, we... exactly. So it, it's not just that we're beating good teams because Oakland and Kansas City are you know really good. You know they're good teams, but it's the yeah. fact that we're doing it on primetime that really flips True. that switch for me. Like you know if that was just a Sunday one o'clock game, okay, I'd be hype about it, but I wouldn't be like. Oh my gosh, this is a really good team that we sure. have now. So, yeah, because they're checking two boxes at once. They're playing well and showing up in times that they've never showed up before. In the exactly, past. exactly. So it's you know I think the future, at least going forward, we'll see what what it looks like coming out of the bye week. But I think we can only you know go up. Uh, we lost a game we should have won, and I think that's going to motivate yeah. them moving forward. Yeah, I think so too. I think that um, the fact that. A lot of power rankings still kind of have us as middle of the pack, fourteen. You know, which is absurd. Definitely fourteen. Well, I mean, I mean CSPN, not, so. top ten. Give us top ten. Yeah. I mean, come on. I understand we're two and two. We lost two games, but really, easily could be four and zero oh. if Carson Wentz doesn't have an amazing on the third play of the game scramble around and get a ridiculous hail mary, which should have been a sack anyway because we were getting held. We and we win that game. We beat Eagles at home. We you know beat the Rams. We beat the Raiders, and then should have won last week. But we had penalties and injuries. The injuries were unbelievable. It was like guys were dropping out like flies out there, and you know it just shows you that not everyone can play this game in regards to it is a physically demanding thing. And even John Gruden was like, I've never seen anything like this. So there's a lot of things here or there. We're four and zero. We're number one in the power rankings, at least if that's the if that is going to be our guideline, because it it sounds like that's what it well, is that, for the Chiefs. Exactly what I was just going to ask you. So then we're say, we're four, and we're number do one. Do you think the, that we would actually be number one in the power rankings? If exactly. We were I don't know. Though. I don't think we would. What? I don't think. We why would. are we fourteen right now? Yeah, no, I think they're I think they're just going to rank the Redskins low just because it's the Redskins. You know. Uh, but, we're sitting at 4-0. Yeah. I mean, we're probably – like, we'll be up there, but we're probably, like, number we'll three. We'll be, like, top five. We'll be, like, number yeah, three or four. There's no way we're yeah. number one. So, obviously, you know, as Ron Burgundy would say, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. But um, it it's definitely a, a new look. A lot – like we said, after week one, man, me and Chip were – I was, re- was, I was ready to become a Chargers fan. It was depression time. Man. Yeah, we were, we were really freaking out. But our boy Pete Flaherty said, hey, man, it's only week one. And I'm just like – Okay, well, he was right. It was only week one team had to just kind of wake up a little bit. You know, we have a lot of guys who were injured during training camp that needed to just kind of wake up. So um, that being said, guys injured training camp, things of that nature, who do you think is probably the most impressive, you know, new guy, young guy, or re-emerging guy we got right now? Man, that's a good question. You know, again, I, I touched on Swearinger. I think he's the biggest impact player that we brought in. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, you see guys like Preston Smith making plays. Um, yep. And, you know, really, that, you know, we talked about it already, but that cut block by, by Sheriff was, was unbelievable. Um, no doubt. But I think moving forward, I, I, I really think uh, the guy we're going to want to watch is, is Pirine. You know, he hasn't had a lot of success yet. Uh, but you got to remember, he, he ran – offense out of the shotgun all last year. Now he's coming yep, from the, the, the deep back position, and it's a totally different mechanic. So, But w- when he does find the hole, um, I think he's going to be a guy we want to keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy who holds the NCAA record for most rushing yards in a game, 400 and 
29, yeah, I think it was. Like but, yeah. but even more impressively, his all-time leading rusher at the University of Oklahoma. And I don't know, you ever heard of a guy Adrian named Adrian Peterson? Peterson? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this guy outrushed him in three years, by the way. He came out early. So Imagine the records that, right that he would be yeah. holding now. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously he's a rookie, man. They're going to be stumbling, holding the ball a little bit. It's a different game, faster pace, but he'll catch on. I think he'll be all right. And then, you know um, – if we're impressed with some people, there's always going to be people we're not impressed with. And unfortunately, this week, that person, as of right now, is my man, Jameson Crowder. I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm totally disappointed in you, but I would like to see a little more out of him. But there are some good points out there as to his lack of production. I mean, everyone knew after PG88 and DJX left us that he was going to pretty much be the veteran focal point of this offense. So they're game planning for him probably a little bit more than they ever had in the past. Uh, you know, And there's just the... It's a lot nicer when you're the third option as opposed to the first option, getting double teamed and stuff like that. So I think he's still ready to break out for us. Uh, and his whole issue on punt returns, that'll get squared up. I mean, that's the whole reason we actually drafted this guy was to really just to be a punt returner. Oh, for sure. Most people don't know that because he was an animal at it at Duke. So I think we'll be all right there. But, you know, moving forward, big thing. Like you said, perfect time for the, the bye week. Never seen so many banged up people by week five. It's pretty crazy, but – Glad it's coming. But our schedule kind of sets up with little other built-in times off because we're playing the two Thursday night games, you know, one of them being Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So I'm really hoping that that's going to play to our advantage in staying healthy because I think that's going to be a major key moving forward, oh, staying healthy. Because really with maybe the exception of two games I got there, like the Broncos, I mean, if you figure we'll probably – Probably lose to them because their defense is good, but you never know. And then you got, obviously, the Cowboys. If we at least split with them, go one and one. And I definitely think we'll beat the Eagles, definitely beat the Giants. I mean, there's a very, very realistic chance I think this team could really be a 11, watch out now, 12-win team. You don't know. It just depends on how hot we come off the bye. Yeah, no, that's, really. I mean, it's, it sounds crazy to say that. But, no, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, if we come out hot coming off this bye week, there's no reason why we can't win 12 games. I mean, you can't ask for a better game to come off a bye week with is at home on Monday Night Football against your former coach who's been trying to steal your quarterback and against a team that's probably going to be 0-5. We'll find out later today. They're playing right now. But, I mean, perfect situation to come for back sure, For sure. Is playing the 49ers at home on Monday Night Football. For sure. So, but, all right. Like I said, if you guys let us, we'll talk your ears off, especially about things we love, like our Washington Redskins. But we definitely have to transition to – the other thing to be super hyped about right now are Washington Nationals, but we're here every year saying the same thing. You know, we make the playoffs, we clinched early. Oh, we're going to be okay, and then we lose game one. With so Strasburg on out, the mound, yeah. With Strasburg on the mound, but then we go out last night and we 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 get the job done and we tied the series going into Chicago. But man, it's it's definitely different, you know, because we don't get a lot of watch get a lot to watch a lot of baseball down here south, like we, at least the Nationals for sure. So it's definitely intense when you only get to watch playoff baseball. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's it's the same situation. It's not, you know, we, we buy the Sunday ticket, but uh, baseball, that's a bit expensive for both of us. So Yeah, I'm not <laughs> – as much as I love watching, you know, the Nationals and I love watching the Caps, I can't only – my wife would only let me buy one sports package. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the oh, yeah. Sunday ticket for my Redskins. So, uh, but no, really, uh, you got to say – this could be our year. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's still, it's still too early to tell. I think if we get the bats going, we get some offense like we did late last night, the reason, the whole reason we won that game. 
But uh, we do have the pitching there that can do it. I mean, three of the best pitchers in our rotation, you know, in the, in the all of baseball, Strasburg, who was breaking franchise records last night, you know, throwing strikeouts, but just had no offense to back him up. So, you know, you got him. And then obviously we got Mad Max coming on the mound tomorrow. So everyone knows what he can do. Easily a Cy Young candidate type guy every year. So if we keep hitting, I think we'll be okay. I don't know. It's, you know, and I agree. It's just – We've been hurt so many times in the playoffs. It's so hard to to buy into saying, True. you know, yes, we're going to win. Yes, we're and of course, I think that we will as a fan. That's what I would like to see. But yeah. it's hard to be overly uh, hype about it. Um, I, I, you're kind of no, sitting yeah, on I the agree. edge of your seat, you know, nervous about it. Obviously, we want them to win, but um, ready for the fall if if it should come. Which uh, you know, in years past, that's all we ever see. So hopefully, this year's yeah. different. Hopefully, this year's different. I mean, last night Bryce Harper makes the statement as why he wants four hundred million dollars. Oh, yeah. I mean, when when you got a guy on your team that can tie up a game with the swing of the bat, that's why he wants that amount of money. Do I think that he needs that amount of money? No, absolutely not. Do I think that the Nationals need to do everything they humanly possibly can to make sure he stays in the red and white? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he proves that last night. He's only had that would have been. We count about his 20th at bat in eight weeks and he hits a home run to tie the game in the bottom of the eighth. Yeah. That's why you pay a guy. I mean, so he's basically home then, runs on demand. I mean, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to give a shout out to Adam Lynn for getting the base hit to even make it to where a two run shot ties the game. I mean, that guy's coming in off the bench. Hasn't even played yet. Completely cold. Hasn't even taken one active pitch in the, the series <laughs> and he gets a freaking base hit. So it's pretty impressive. I mean, uh, He's, he saw like four live pitches before he got a base hit in the bottom of the eighth in the you know NLDS. So big shout out to him because you're not going to hear a lot about that. Yeah, they'll mention it and they showed him a little bit on camera. But obviously the Harper home run takes precedent. Yep. And then three at bats later, the man, the myth, the legend, Zim, the guy who is literally this franchise his entire time, first draft pick ever, comes out there. I don't think he thought that was a home run. If you watch the replay, he kind of hits it and he's like. Ooh, that that looks pretty good, but then it just drips over the top, yeah. and man, that place went ballistic. So, so cool to see. I mean, you can't write that better. Rendon had a home run in the first inning. I mean, everyone that you want to play big played big yesterday. Just was spread out a little bit and a little nerve wracking, as it always is being a Nationals fan. Yeah, I think I think uh, that first loss might have woken him up. You know, really. Uh, yeah. Especially with the way Strasburg pitched. Um, you know, you should win that game. You should win that game. And, Agreed. I think the offensive guys uh, in that locker room probably came together and said, "Look, we got to give our pitchers more more support here. Um, we're not going to win, you know, posting shutouts every night. I mean, the the, the Cubs are too. It's just good. not possible. Yeah, the yeah, Cubs, the Cubs have good. way too many bats. I mean, they did win the World Series last year. They got any pretty much anyone in that lineup can, you know, change the game with the swing of the bat. So yeah, they're very good. They're uh, a team that is a, to be reckoned with, and rightfully so For when sure. you're defending champions. So. Got to go into Chicago tomorrow and steal one. You know, definitely that's going to be the easier of the two to win, you know, when you take the series lead at, in their place. So hopefully they get things done. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll, see. we'll see. It's it's tough, but we, we will always wear our emotions on our sleeves when we watch these teams, and just like we will be for the, uh, the Nats. We have to mention, if we're talking playoff anything, the heartbreak kids themselves <laughs> – the Washington well, Capitals. The boys are they're, back they're in town. Their huh? season. They're back in town. The boys are – and, I mean, what a time of year to be sports. I mean, you got to love it this time of year. You know, you got hockey, you got 
um, baseball. You got the football seasons going. Had the United States men's national team the other night. They play again on Tuesday. Yeah. So there's just sports galore everywhere. No, and it's, you and it's not you just watch you know, it's not just sports. Like it's good sports, you know. And especially yeah. you know, a majority of our teams are semi relevant right now. I mean, obviously the Redskins yeah. are relevant to us, but the media is still not bought in. But the Nats yeah. are in the playoffs. The Caps, you know, Ovi's had two hat tricks in the last in the in the, in the first two games. Um, it is it, it is exciting. I mean, there, there's just yeah. no other no other no other way to put it. I mean. What Ovi's done in two games hasn't been done since 1914, so you can't talk enough about this guy. And in an offseason where everyone was saying, should we trade him, should we trade him? I never in a million years said we should trade you, Ovi. Don't worry. I knew and still know what you mean to this franchise and this city and what you bring to the Capitals, and you're showing it to the world right now for the fact that you were – I mean, you scored in 40 seconds last night. I mean, you're slinging it. So mad respect to the great eight, uh, you know – you got to love this guy for his passion for the game in general, not just because how much he play, how hard he plays for us, but how he is so upset that he can't play for his country in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, he just wants to play yeah. hockey, man. He just wants to be out there. He wants to be able to score goals, and that's what he does for us. And I think if we develop some youth like we've been able to do at the goaltender position historically pretty well, obviously look at Holpe, look at the other guys, Gruber, all the guys in the league that were started in the Hershey Bear uh, you know, minor leagues at goaltending. We've been pretty good with that. We need to do that at other positions in order for this team to really stay good just because of the money situation we got now. I agree that you need to pay TJ Oshie. You need to pay Kuznetsov mm-hmm. because they are your future as your superstars. But now you're really going to need to step up with some young guys, some unknown people, and I think we'll be okay. I mean, that's why you have veteran leadership and why you pay these guys what you pay them is that you hope that they bring them along. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, particularly on the defensive uh, side of the puck, you know, we need to make sure that we got, you know, we're grooming some young guys to kind of take over and take take control of that defense. But you're exactly right. we got to pay, pay the guys up front. Um, you know, we need to keep them around because the offense is, is really what gets us into the playoffs and into the position to win every year. Uh, but defense is what's going to finally get us over that hump and pass that second round. But, um, you know, early on, I think I think the first two games have been good. Uh, it's still way too early to, to know anything about anything. Oh, but yeah, no doubt. It's definitely exciting. Uh, glad that hockey's back. Unfortunately, again, I live in Texas where, you know, you ask for hockey and they all think you're weird. Um, so... It's hard to watch uh, or, or to, to be able to watch, um, but, you know, I get to catch the highlights and stuff. And, and from what I've seen so far, um, we're looking pretty good. But can we sustain it? You know, that remains to be seen. And like you said, super early. I mean, we're talking months of hockey to be played, but it's just cool to see them break records at the same time where the Nationals are playing and the, the Redskins sure. and, you know, and anything sure. like that. So you definitely got to mention it. But, yeah, definitely something that – we'll deal with and then you know we'll just touch real quick i mean i know we didn't really have much plans to talk about this but if we're gonna talk about all dc sports still got to give a shout out to the whiz man yeah you know, yeah i'm not gonna tell you i'm not the biggest basketball guy i don't watch a ton of it just because you know wasn't a sport that i really played growing up personally so i never really had much interest in watching it i watch enough here and there read enough about what's going on to stay pretty relevant in the nba and i think it's a there's a lot of storylines that make it interesting, but it's just not something I watch. So I'm not going to make you guys listen to too much about what I talk about this stuff. But I do have to say, mad respect for John Wall. Thank you for signing your contract. I appreciate the fact that you love D.C. as a city and a place to be and that you're all about bringing us a championship. We sure hope you do it. Bradley Beal, you're an animal as well, and I think we have a lot of promise. we just got to keep 
you know, building. And we, I think we need one more superstar and we'll be all right. But we'll have to just see how it goes. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. You know, again, I don't watch too much of it. But uh, John Wall, just just the fact that is uh, how much he loves being in D.C., you can't, you can't discount that. I mean, that is huge for the D.C. sports scene in general. Um, oh, no doubt. And, you know, he brings excitement to the city and uh, – you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that he's on our team, to be honest, uh, because yep. basketball is, is, to me, kind of becoming you know a superstar type league where if you don't have one, you, you have no shot. Um, yep. And you know, we've got ours locked, and he wants to be here, and he wants to to build this team into a championship team. And I'm, you know, on a side note, thank God they changed the freaking uniforms because sure. that ugly logo that they used to have. <laughs> I mean, there was the blues. Yeah, yeah. It was so hard to watch, to be honest. We looked like a bunch of idiots out there, but. Uh, you know, Ted Leonsis got that got that franchise moving in the right direction. So, and you gotta, and like you said, you gotta account for his appreciation. You know, his love for the city. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to believe that you know, considering the overall mediocrity of um, Washington professional sports in regards to relevant last twenty years. I mean, you can't say mediocrity when we won three Super Bowls with Joe Gibbs, but True. in regards to recently. You know, to be able to say, I'm going to stick here. I'm going to build something. But, you know, it, it to me, it would it's a common sense thing. It's Washington, D.C. It's one of the biggest networks you could possibly play in. And then, you know, for basketball specifically, it's the easier division. The East is way easier than the West. Right. But, you know, when you flip that and you look at the Kirk Cousins contract situation and then you're like, okay, what's holding you back? You know, you, this is a city that if you just sign this deal, we'll love you and embrace you even more than what you're getting right now, which is pretty good for a guy who's been playing on two franchise tags. I mean, you still get the people to buy into him and, you know, have a love for him. There are still people buying his jersey, yeah. which I think is risky yeah. until he's locked up personally. But, you know, if he just signs the deal for whatever it is, man, the amount of money is negligible. Like, the numbers, I don't understand this whole – I mean, I get like, oh, I want to be the highest paid so-and-so. But regardless – you will never spend – your great-grandchildren will be still using that money. Like you'll never – and I, I can't think that that can be really – like the money is the reason that's holding you back. So if you if he signs the deal, if we get to that point, you know, his jersey is going to sell incredibly well, you know, and then he has a whole, you know, nationwide fan base that will embrace him and love him, you know. So I just – I got to see it happen. I just don't understand no, it. No, yeah, he could definitely take some notes from John Wall for sure. I mean, that's again, yeah, I don't, use him as an idol. Yeah, like, I don't look even at what this guy's doing. And I like John Wall, really. Like, you know, I would, I would buy that. a John Wall jersey, you know, because of that. Exactly. That's what you get. You know, you get that, that love and appreciation. And like I said, it's not that we don't love him right now because while it is – frustrating and you're you're a little nervous in the back of your mind it is in season you got to buy into your quarterback and you got to hope that he's going to be there long term and I think that you know it just makes so much more sense to me for him to say and there was a little bit a little bit of a homage to that from John Gruden in the Monday Night Football game most people probably didn't pick up on it but I definitely noticed it when John was saying, you know, he was talking about how good Cousins is and the fact that he's been in this system for three years, not necessarily calling him a system quarterback, but saying, hey, look, this is what happens when you play and you understand the offense. From like, that back perspective, the yeah. And he's like, yeah. you know, don't do my brother wrong, you know, stay with him. So I, I do think Kirk Cousins would probably have success if he goes somewhere else. A lot of people think he wouldn't, but I think he's just – he's too good of a – professional to not do well but i think the fact that if he could just take the ridiculous amount of money that it's going to be because it's going to be a ridiculous amount of money True. just because True. that's what it is 
and stay and continue to build on the foundation that you've been working on for the last three years anyway, what's the point? Like, why have you wanted to do all this if you're just going to leave? So, no, I agree 100%. Um, I think within that month window before he hits quote-unquote um, free agency that they'll lock him up and it'll be whatever. I mean, if Matt Stafford signs his deal first, it'll beat Matt Stafford's, vice versa. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not going to matter sure. because Aaron Rodgers is coming open and I think either, either it's two years, I think. It's two years. His con- and what it's going to be like $50 million for him. So it doesn't even matter. He just needs to sign a deal. He just needs to get the money. And we need to move forward. It needs to be a longer deal, though, like five years, six years for sure. Yeah, I, I think, I think yeah. that's part of what's holding him up. You know, the, the Redskins, uh, I think, are, are trying to offer him as much money. And the way they can do that is to keep it, you know, short term. Um, maybe he would take less money. I mean, you know, less money yearly over five years as yeah. opposed to 24 mil for two years. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. We all, no one knows what's been said in those negotiations. The media can speculate all they want. I don't know, and that's what drives me crazy when I hear people say, "There's no way he's coming back to the Redskins next year. He's not signing." Blah blah blah. You don't know. You don't know anything like that. No one knows yeah. anything. Yeah. No one's yeah. been in those meetings. Said that he could have easily said, "Look, man, I just want to see what this team is going to look like before I commit five years of my life to this organization." Just it could be as easily as that. Could not have had anything to do with the money. True, but I think. You know, if he's, I think he's seeing what we're seeing as fans, and I think that he'll sign the contract, and that this will just have been one of those weird things that he happened to pay on two franchise tags. I don't think it's going to be something that, you know, it's. I, I hope and hope that that drama storm that we went through last summer is over after this season. I think that uh, time and money heal all wounds, but so do wins. If we keep playing the way we're playing, he'll sign that contract for sure. For sure. So. But yeah, from the professional sports side, that's your daily dose of that. Do kind of just want to touch on some other things, but we won't keep it too long because we've been talking and rattling off for about 45 minutes right now. But just real quick, there's too many good things happening in the world of PlayStation right now, not to mention. Got to talk. Oh, about for it. sure. You know, I mean, it is it is our great hobby, I guess. Uh, yeah. And the biggest thing that we've been doing right now is Destiny 2. It's, it's freaking amazing. Um, time consuming, obviously, but yep. so far our experience with it is pretty freaking good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, anyone that knows us, we are PlayStation gamers, no question about it. Don't try to even come at me and tell me Xbox is a better system, because it's not. It's You will never be able to convince me that Xbox is a better playing system than PlayStation. So, that being said, you know, yeah, Destiny 2, great game. We kind of used to be on the hype train for how bad we hated the first one, just because there was a lot of things missing and stuff like that, that at least we thought as guys who have no idea how to make a video game or anything in that regard, we're definitely being strong critics of. But I think Bungie listened to what the fans wanted, added a story, and have brought all back the stuff that you like to do online in a group of friends. And that cannot be you know, stated enough. A lot of people hate on this. There's this weird stereotype about video games that I still don't understand. I mean, I know it's breaking out a little bit more with Twitch and things like that, but even gamers really only know what that is. That's a live streaming service where people will literally watch people play video games, just in case you didn't know what that was out there. But there's also eSports and things like that, which that's a little ridiculous, even for me. But still, just the overall passive gaming, I feel like, you know, oh, if you play video games, like, that's a weird thing to do. When it's really just about, like, staying connected and socially having fun with your friends. Well, you know, and most of the people that criticize you will sit around and watch six and a half hours of Netflix in one sitting. So, <laughs> you know, don't right. come at me. Like, at least I'm using my brain. Uh, exactly. Like, we're you know, actively you're interacting with our, with our media. So, 
you know, that argument always just falls on deaf ears with me, and I usually just make fun of the person trying to make it. But, uh, you know, it's like you said. It, it's the way that me, you, Blake, uh, Chris, and Paul, two guys that we literally have only met on PlayStation, we talk all the time, not just on PlayStation, but, you know, through Messenger on Facebook or whatever. Um, and it's a social thing. It's not just, like, me sitting in a dark room playing video games. I'm, I'm on talking to my brother and my good friends all day, all the time. So uh, That's right. it's a great freaking time. And, you know, you got games like uh, GTA five, which we play with Connie, which is awesome. Um, Shout out to Connie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then, you know, the big one that's out this month for free, for those of you guys paying attention on PlayStation network, metal gear solid five, um, not online, but still it's free. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, just to show you how much of a deal and how much that game and franchise is to gamers. I mean, I got Metal Gear on my Yeti. I mean, you gotta, you gotta get it. If you got a PlayStation and you've never played Metal Gear Solid Five, I don't care if you think you'll never play it. It needs to be owned in your library. For sure. You just go on the PlayStation Network. You look it up. You add it to your library. And then in a rainy day when all your friends are off hanging out and doing something else and you're bored and you want to just try something, you play one of the literally greatest games ever made. I mean, it's only there's only like 15 games ever rated a perfect 10 on IGN, which IGN is basically the gold standard when it comes to reviewing any form of entertainment True. for anyone out there who doesn't know. Uh, the fact that it got a, a 10 is unbelievable. Now my phone is ringing. Hold on one second. Sorry, guys. All right. That so while he's doing that, uh, I'm, I'm going to give a little plug for another game I just picked up is this Modern uh, Warfare Remaster. Yeah. It's freaking amazing, guys. Uh, I, I was hesitant to get it just because when it first came out, you had to buy the crappy Infinite Warfare BS. Terrible. Uh, Terrible. I played about four minutes of that. I rented it from Redbox. It was awful. Uh, but <laughs> they started selling this thing standalone. I got it used uh, at a GameStop for uh, on a two-for-one deal. Um, it is as awesome as you would expect. The nostalgia factor is very high with this one. So if you've been thinking about it or, or wondering what it's like, uh, I give it a strong, strong endorsement. It's It's been pretty awesome so far. I mean, that game, going back to our days in college, man, you can't even the, – the endless hours playing online or split screen and that, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm probably going to have to pick that one up. I don't even have it. Now you got me wandering. I, hey, I'm it, telling so. you, it's it's worth <laughs> – I spent, what, 30 bucks on it. It is worth every freaking penny, man. Um, just for the nostalgia factor, to be honest. You know, it's – Yeah, I feel you. It's it's. Uh, Have you done the gillied up episode? I yet? haven't gotten uh, there yet. Um, oh, and actually, okay. talking about it now kind of makes me want to play after we get off of here. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to go back to ACL or not. So we'll see. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I mean, just you know, another form of entertainment, guys. We'd love to just talk about things that we do, and so we just had to give you a little glimpse into a Sunday with shoot and shock. You know, if we were not doing this podcast, we would probably be talking about these exact same things on the PlayStation Network. Yeah, you're exactly right. Other. I mean, this, so. you know, again, this is, uh, it's going to be a, you know, we're going to try and keep it weekly or as close to weekly as we can. Um, but obviously life gets in, in the way, right? But we'll do everything we can to keep y'all hopefully wanting to come back. Yeah, for real. I mean, uh, it, it should be a good time at the very least. Um, you know, you'll get to hear uh, two guys talk about the things they love. But, you know, please interact with us uh, in the comments or wherever we post this. Um, yes. Send us uh, uh, tweets. You know, I'm at, at Shoot58. It'll be up on the screen right there. Alex, you want to give them your handle? 
Yeah, I'm at ChalkA73. Again, I'll uh, lay that text in here, and you guys can def definitely give us a strong follow on social media. Um, you know, we're both on Snapchat and Instagram and all that, so um, all of our stuff is what he said, 258 ChalkA73. But, um, you know, it's definitely something that we hope you all will at least somewhat enjoy. <laughs> Come back and check us out. But, you know, overall – it's just going to be a good time, man. I'm, I'm excited about the, what we're doing with this thing, man. For sure, for sure. You know, and like we said, if you know, if you have any ideas of things you want us to talk about, uh, or if you want to be on the show, you know, hell, we are always looking for people to talk to about this kind of stuff. So, uh, you yes, know, definitely. reach out. We will to start. Um, we will definitely try to bring guests on. I've already had a couple people ask to be a guest. Um, we're working with very rudimentary. Uh, editing software things of that nature so it's going to take me a minute to figure out how i can get you in on the show but if you ever do want to for real comment below let us know hey man love to be on with shooting shock we'll definitely shoot some real talk with you for sure so definitely sure. come back and check us out man we appreciate anyone listening and everybody have a great week and we'll be back next time thank you